0: Our scripture for this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. I'll be reading from chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. The prophet writes these words. The days are surely coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. That is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do you hear the language used in this passage? Everything written or spoken in this section speaks of happenings to come someday. Promises to be fulfilled in the future. The days are surely coming. I will fulfill the promise. I will cause a righteous branch to spring up. He shall execute justice and righteousness. All future tense references to what will come. Someday. You know what I think of when I hear multiple phrases like this using lots of future tense, not only in Scripture, but in general. When I hear future tense, in my mind it means waiting. Not my favorite thing. Do any of you like waiting? Those of you who are are watching from home... Do any of you get excited about waiting, waiting for special occasions to get here, whether it's Christmas or birthdays or family visits, waiting for a tax refund, a vacation time, waiting to see when a COVID vaccine will be widely available and the pandemic will fade away gradually? Most of us don't want to wait. We want to see or experience whatever we're waiting for. We want what we hope for, what we've been promised, and we want it now. But we wait, often not so patiently, and wonder when. When is this thing going to happen? The people of God in Jeremiah's day, six centuries before the birth of Christ, were waiting. Hoping for the day when things would change and wondering when. Jerusalem had been completely devastated in the Babylonian invasion. Many inhabitants of Israel were taken from their homeland and were living as conquered people in Babylonian captivity. They were in exile. Their way of life had been completely destroyed. Their sense of security had been violated. They had no idea if they would ever see their homeland again. This upheaval of their lives must have left them with some questions. Searching kind of questions from the people of God. Questions about the very God that they had served in the past, even though they had drifted from God in more recent times. Where is God in the middle of all this chaos? They must have wondered. Why did such devastation happen to us, the people of God? Maybe some of their questions are similar to questions we have right now as we wait for God to get us through and beyond the coronavirus. And really questions we have any time our lives feel like they're being turned upside down. The experience of exile must have created a real tension in what they think and feel. This generation lived in the the wide gap between the reality of what is and the promise of what will be, according to the words of God's prophet. The hardship of the present reality must have made God's promises seem so far away. It is into that context that Jeremiah offers a vision of a new reality in the words of the scripture we read. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. They are hearing through Jeremiah, that God's grace and renewing power will create a new future for Jerusalem someday. This new future will be one in which apparently distant promises will be kept, will be revealed. One in which God's seemingly hidden face for now will come into glorious view. And in which justice and righteousness will prevail in the land for God's people. The people of God are waiting. Waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled. God always keeps his promise but not always on our timetable. This often means waiting. Waiting much longer than we ever hoped to. The challenge for God's people then and now is not how do we endure the waiting, but how do we participate in what God is doing while we wait. Waiting does not necessarily mean nothing is happening, especially when our Lord is involved. To really experience what God is doing requires watchfulness, or maybe we could call it waiting observantly. Like it or not, waiting is the essence of our faith. As we're reminded in 2 Peter chapter 3, we wait for what God has promised, new heavens and a new earth where righteousness will be at home. We simply cannot take from the Christian faith the hope of promises fulfilled. That means we can't remove the element of waiting. But waiting for a promise to be fulfilled is not easy. Even waiting for the promises of God. Traditionally, the season of Advent is a time of waiting. Being silent in the darkness as we await the coming light. But most of us don't like waiting in the stillness. Waiting and stillness are uncomfortable. But there is a reason for the waiting. The stillness serves. Purpose. It serves to focus our hopes on the heart of our faith. Faith that God is in the process of creating for us the future promised in the words from Jeremiah. The stillness of Advent serves to prepare us for the real celebration to come. Not Christmas presents and parties But the good news that in the birth of Jesus of Nazareth, whom we call Christ, Savior, and Lord, God began the process of fulfilling His promises. He began that fulfillment in the coming of Christ that was so long expected. After centuries of human waiting, God took the major step in fulfilling His ultimate promise of bringing new life and hope to the people of God. And of course, as those who follow Christ today, we believe the final fulfillment of God's promise will come with the return of Christ one day. But again... The challenge for God's people is not how do we endure the waiting, but how do we participate in what God is doing while we wait? But just because we're waiting for final fulfillment of God's promises doesn't mean God isn't working while we wait. Even now, as we wait for Christmas and its celebration of the birth of Christ, God is working, not only in the now, but also in the future coming again of Christ. We don't want to miss out on what God is currently doing by looking past the now and only looking to the what will be. But neither do we want to lose the focus of the what will be by becoming too consumed with the right now. Because God's timing is perfect, there is value in the waiting. We not only wait in hope for the future coming of Christ, we experience the power of Christ's presence in our lives now. As we wait. Sometimes we act like we're the only people who ever waited. We're waiting for normal to reappear. We've been waiting nine months now. To get through a pandemic. We're waiting for seasonal family gatherings to be safe and normal again. We're waiting for schools to resume in-class participation so everybody's routine can get back to normal. We're waiting for it to be safe, to go without masks, so we can actually see smiles on people's faces again. I wonder how well we're waiting and how intentionally we're looking for God's work during The waiting. We're not the only people who have ever waited. The people Jeremiah was writing to waited as much as 60 years for the Babylonian exile to end. They waited six centuries for the initial fulfillment of God's promise with the birth of Christ. We've been waiting 20 centuries for the ultimate fulfillment, the glorious return of Christ. But God has continued to work, to move, to bless, even in the waiting. And in the waiting, we can still find hope. Not just human hope, but hope. And Christ Jesus, our Lord. As we wait for the celebration of Christ's coming at Christmas and hope toward his coming again, we can embrace the waiting as God continues to work a little at a time. This year, as we walk through the season of Advent, even if we do a lot of it virtually, let's not only anticipate what Christmas can mean... but look closely... for the work of God to be revealed during this season of waiting. Wait. Wander. Worship. Experience the blessing of God in the waiting... as we marvel at the wonder of God's presence with us. Advent reminds us of the hope we find in Christ's coming. The hope that was ushered in by the first coming of Christ and the hope we find as we wait observantly for the coming again of Christ. But as we wait, especially... This year, while we can't do a lot of the traditional things related to Advent, let's not forget to wait expectantly. Expectantly, remembering to watch for what God is doing even as we wait. We can find hope in the waiting. Because of the one for whom we wait, is the one whose coming reminds us that God fulfills the promises of God always. Again, this year, even in a crazy year like this, we can find hope in the waiting because of the one for whom we wait, Jesus the Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we think about and talk about waiting, the words that come to my mind to pray are, give us patience. Help us to wait patiently yet expectantly. Help us to wait, confidently trusting in you and looking for and experiencing you in the waiting. In this season where sometimes that sense of darkness and wandering and uncertainty and anxiousness for what there is to come in this time, remind us that even in the waiting, there is hope as you continue to work in our lives and our world. Fill us with that hope again today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.